2: this is the civilized barking podcast with zach jackson
3: we're about an hour after the browns winning overtime in a wild one um it was a wild post game we're going to talk a lot about that there was much of the game that it uh you know, it didn't look like the Browns were going to get it done or even come close to getting it done. Uh, but they found a way. And, you know, this was Jacoby Brissett's day because the Browns love weird stuff. And they're sending this guy off like this. Um, you know, Nick Chubb and Miles Garrett. were Nick Chubb and Miles Garrett, that was a big part. I thought the Bucks flat out gave the game away. But the Browns still had to take it. They had to make big uh, plays and big moments. And they did. And they did. A lot of guys did it. So, Jason, you there? We we ready to rock and roll? Yeah. I'm ready. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, this is the Civilized Barking uh, post game podcast. This is the live room. Come and tell a friend, um, you know, interact with us, as some of you guys have already done. I see there's 80-some listeners in here, and we appreciate all of you guys. So, um, you know, it's not as easy, Jason, as as Nick Chubb gets 20 carries, right? That doesn't magically fix everything. And one win doesn't magically fix everything. But I thought when the ball needed to go to Chubb in the fourth quarter in an overtime it did. Right. When the defense, uh, first of all, the run defense was was real all day long when the defense needed plays. You know, 95 was making the biggest ones. It was choppy, sloppy all the way around. You know, not on one side, not on one stretch. But the Browns found a way. And there's many times, obviously, throughout the last 10 minutes and all 10 minutes of overtime, I think it went to the, what there was 19 seconds left. Yeah, it, it looked bleak. But they got it done, and, and just for added measure, they walk it in. Not three, uh, six. Nick Chubb does it, and Brissett goes out a winner. So much joy, um, and a little bit of hope anyway for the four and seven Browns.
1: They stole one. Like this is, you know, how many times have we talked about them being on the opposite end of a game like this, where they're giving it away? And I agree with you. I think I think the Bucks really let one get away from them. But you know, how often have the Browns let games get away? And for them to come back and be the team that steals one at the end. Uh, I'll tell you it provides a huge boost to a locker room that desperately needed it. Like these guys feel, you you may think it's crazy. I tend to agree that I think it's crazy. I talked to multiple guys, particularly on the offensive side of the ball who feel like they're not out of it. And this is what they needed to inject some life into this team, into this room, leading into Deshaun, obviously coming back. And, and for, and I'm, I'm going to write the Jacoby Brissett, um, piece, complimentary piece that he has coming to him of a job well done over these 11 games. And everyone I've talked to over the last few weeks says this echoes the same thing. Jacoby did a wonderful job. He handled himself incredibly well. He's a terrific leader. He's an incredible man, all those things, but he ain't D-Watt. And they feel like this thing is going to go to another level when Watson comes back next week. Now, again, you may disagree with that. And I, I I think that's reasonable to disagree with that. But leaving that stadium today, these guys feel like they aren't out of it, and they desperately, desperately
3: needed this one, and they got it. Yeah, well, hope lives, and and genuinely, that's important, even if it's just <laughs> bullshit in the end, which it probably is. Just, just, just right? to get
1: them through these last six. Like, yes. if they didn't have Watson coming back, I don't know. I was texting with somebody today saying, I don't know how they're going to even – get up and come back to work if it wasn't for this Watson thing. Like, the season's over
3: before Thanksgiving. But
1: this well, and, listen,
3: yeah, and we're worried about that, too. I mean, this has been a dead team walking. This has been a dead defense walking. It's a dead special teams coordinator and defensive coordinator walking. It, it, it is. Yep. And, you know, last year, at the end, the defense did peak. Uh, and so it, it was on this weekend, too. It was on Thanksgiving weekend. The defense went to Baltimore, picked off Lamar Jackson four times. The Browns lost the game. It was then that everything changed for this franchise. We thought the defense was fixed. We were wrong, but you started to know, hey, this is not the guy here at quarterback, right? But you know, there's a chance that, that this this coaching staff and this locker room will not connect, and that there will be bigger issues. But on a day that they weren't the better team, Jason, and and, and their offense struggled for three and a half quarters, really, yep. to yep. get anything going, they found a way. And Cooper and Njoku both had bad drops and then they had hero place, right? Nick Chubb drove it. Uh, The offensive line had a tough go for much of it. They found a way back. Miles was all over the place. There was an active Jadavian Clowney. Um, Two third downs early that I thought the Bucs got fat and happy. And I know something about fat and happy. Um, Gave it away, (laughs) came back to bite them and really just a lot of game management things there at the end That the Bucs could have done different and obviously now wish they wouldn't. So so the Browns showed some balls. They showed some guts. They showed some togetherness. That's what they need to see. So I'm not even right now bringing up the AFC standings because it would be stupid, right? But you needed to have this win for vibes, for feel good, for everybody's interest level and energy level. The game next week is obviously always going to get all sorts of worldwide attention. The game that was always going to be the one is the one two weeks from now in Cincinnati, you know, when, when you've had a week to play. Um, and start to meld when you have a team that you know you can beat and that team is going to be playing for really almost everything in that game, including wanting to stop getting their ass kicked by you. <laughs> right. So the Texans are historically bad and the Browns could put themselves at five and seven. And again, it's still not likely, uh, but we don't know what this offense is going to look like. We don't know how this is going to hold as the team you know, needs to handle attention and change and all of these things but you come out of here today saying hey it, it was it was not great but they won and they still have the dudes because to me you know it was Cooper it was Garrett it was Chubb that did it today and if those guys play like that then then that was the whole feeling the Browns had in the first place of if we can be pretty good we've given David
1: Njoku a lot of grief over some of the plays that he's made some of the drops that he's had he had the drop today. That catch he had in the end zone. I, I don't know if you can have a better play in the NFL. I, I, I don't know how he caught that. It looked like it was incomplete. It looked like it was over his head and out of bounds. And for him to go up and make the one-handed grab, the left-handed grab, I, I don't know how you see a better play in the NFL. And all credit to him on that catch, tying the game, sent it to overtime. Fourth, fourth and what? 10 was a fourth and 10 and looked like yeah. the game's over.
3: And David Njoku goes and plucks it out of the sky. Unbelievable catch. It was. It was it was an unbelievable catch and obviously a huge moment. Um, Jacoby said after the game, he thought he sailed it. The Joku said he knew it was perfect all along. He's got a guy draped all over him. He reaches out with one hand. I mean, yeah, you said it. I've always said the guy can catch the ball jumping over three people in traffic. He can't catch the simple ones. That's been pretty true. But they needed him today. They trusted him. And as Jacoby went further with that, he said they were sitting in the room this week with Deshaun Watson, with Drew Petzing, the quarterback coach. And they, that was one of the plays they installed as one of their money time plays. And he said, they looked and they said, why, why do we like this? Why, why is this one that we've circled back on here at the end of the week? And they said, because we're getting one on one with the guy we trust to make this play. And he did it. And, and obviously the plays went nuts. And then overtime went back and forth, but you saw Miles Garrett make his play. Um, the Bucks had, uh, had, you know, screwed up the time management at the end of regulation to give them that chance. And then it was, it was, Hey, we're in a situation here where we're first of all, you're not going to lose the game, but you just let Chubb do his thing. He kept grinding. Uh, there was one time he slips, right? Right where the tire tracks are. He, he has a bigger run that, that wasn't late in the game, but that was really the only thing the Browns could get going all day and credit to all involved, the line Chubb and Stefanski, right. For sticking with it. And, it is amazing how in the fourth quarter, in overtime against a tiring defense, this is what Stefanski does, why he, what he does. Fresh Nick Chubb is really a load of, to bring down, and, and that really um, was key, both, both setting up the Joku's incredible catch and then the, the late heroics. Uh, Miles
1: Garrett, after the game, couldn't even get his shirt on again, needed help to get – can't even lift his left arm. I'll give him credit for playing through this. He's obviously in an unbelievable amount of pain. Uh, really, really emerged. I thought he was quiet the first three quarters and then really sort of made his presence felt in the fourth quarter in overtime. But, you know, I mean, obviously this is self-inflicted. He did this to himself. It was it, it was foolish and unnecessary that put him in this position. And so for that reason, I give him credit for for gritting his teeth and gutting it out when very clearly he is not 100 percent. Maybe shouldn't be playing. You know, I I don't know. Um, but he's trying to not let his guys
3: down, and was phenomenal today when they needed him. Yeah, he sure was. And Amari Cooper, who almost let his whole team down with that fourth yeah. down drop, right? Yeah. He dropped the uh, pass
1: all year. I don't recall.
3: I don't. Yeah, know he has. Today. He he did early in the season, yes. But um, he he redeemed himself big time with that play. And you know, like I said, it, it, there there was the kind of guts and poise that we haven't seen from this team there was special teams plays big returns we haven't seen from this team it was the bucks punt team that was an adventure all day not that the browns are good at it right um and so yeah you know this is jarring jason in under Stefanski they had trailed 13 times by seven or more in the fourth quarter and they were 0 and 13. you could say that that stat was probably up when they were having the quarterback discussions that they were having last January, February, and March. Right. Sure. It wasn't 13 at the time, but it was o 0- for, and they hadn't won one of those periods since 2014, 14, like two guys in the whole team were in the league then. Right. Down seven in the fourth quarter. We didn't say down 17. Right. Yeah. And they got it done today. And like, so we didn't really think it was going to happen. Um, but you just have to credit the run defense for doing what they could. I mean, was it the start of overtime or late in the fourth? They start out with a, like a six, seven-yard run, and it's like, okay, they finally cracked it, and they're just going to get the push now. And they they came fighting back. JOK was all over the field today, you know. Um, it was not the most perfect of efforts from anyone. But you saw guys giving themselves up. And you, a couple times on, on runs – I saw many guys – one time Clowney almost takes the handoff. He doesn't get to tackle, but he stretches the guy so wide. Yeah. And it's not just one guy cutting him off. It's four or five guys in there, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and then we go to the post game, and Brissette was just awesome. And this is awkward, and he probably has other feelings about it too, and he's entitled. But he stood, stood there and talked about personal sacrifice, about being a teammate, about just trusting guys like Najoku and Cooper to come back and make plays, you know, even though it hadn't happened. And he went in there and he knew exactly what he was going to say. And he said, no offense to anyone. In the words of Tom Brady, that was fucking awesome. And everybody laughed and he just grinned. And again, he said, that was fucking awesome. So it was. And credit to him. I can't wait to read your column on that.
0: <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone?
1: You know, I want to circle back to the run defense real quick. Um, you know, Tampa hasn't been able to run the ball really all year. I joked with you early on in the game. The magic number is 161. That was their season high in rushing set going into their bye week two weeks ago at, at, against the Seahawks. Otherwise, they really haven't been able to run the ball effectively all year. And they were without Leonard Fournette, their starter. So, you know, the Browns had them under 100 rushing yards today. Good on them. You did the job. I'm by no means ready to declare that this defense is fixed or the run defense is fixed. You're playing it... I mean, they've had terrible run teams gashing this year, so they did the job today, and congratulations for that. But, you know, we're going to need to see a whole lot more proof before I begin to believe that they actually have NFL caliber defensive tackles on this team. Taven Bryan
3: almost made a play, and I think he was was held. Well, they don't. You know, they don't have that, but I look here at the rushing net, 189 for the Browns, 96 for the Bucks. And I just thought a couple of times, I, I started to get to this last time, but I rambled off, a couple of times, Hustle plays, knock down runs or short passes, and the Bucks got greedy by throwing the next time. And you know maybe it wasn't getting greedy. Maybe they thought, hey, this run defense has has us figured out or is better than we thought, right? But I look at third down here. Tampa's four or fifteen. That's where the game is won. it's as simple as that. Even in given the circumstances, even five to fifteen, the game's over, right? Right. Uh, so so they they did that there. Anthony Schwartz, who doesn't play. And isn't an NFL player. Is not an NFL wide receiver, but he has big time speed. Um, they use him. They put him in on the third play, so they didn't go to it right away. They had him out there like they were really using him. They got the fir- They converted the first down they wanted. They run a reverse. Brissett's out there as a lead blocker. If that doesn't sum him up in, in this day, and Schwartz, who has not made a play ever, takes off and scores a touchdown. Then later catches the and ball Chubb- for seventeen yards. And Chubb got
1: hurt the play before. He kind of, he took a hit on his leg, kind of landed funny and went limping off the field. I didn't even see the Schwartz play live because I was watching Nick on the sideline to see if he was really hurt or not. So I don't even, I mean, I wonder, do they even go to that play if Nick doesn't come out of the game? They may not even go to that play. They may, that may have, a little bit may have been out of necessity. I don't know. I know, you know, we talk all the time about how they script the first 15 plays, but I don't know that you expect Nick to go limping off the field after six. So just to, just something to throw out. I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe that was the original play call anyway. But without chubbing the game, they go to Schwartz, and he delivered. Of course, I joke to you that they can't throw it to him. They just have to hand it off to him and, <laughs> and, and watch him go. But he did come back and make a catch later on. You know, we have seen some emergence of David Bell the last two weeks. Not game-breaking plays, but he's getting on the field. He's making plays. Yeah. Harrison Bryant getting on the field. Harrison Bryant held on today. Big catch. Took a big hit held on for a first down. So you are seeing other people involved in the run game. Uh, and, and I don't know, you know, I was talking to some people after the game, just trying to get a feel for like what Watson has done since he's come back. And basically like what I was told was he's gotten more than typical backup snaps. You know, if, if, if if it's 90 to 10 started to backup snaps in practice during a week, Deshaun's maybe been 80, 20, 80 for Jacoby and 20 for Watson these last couple of weeks. Yeah. Obviously, obviously it flips now. And and Zach, I'm curious. I I don't know if they can reinvent this entire offense in in seven days, if they even want to or not, or how much different it's going to look. But I'll go back to to what I said to open this thing. There's a lot of excited guys in that locker room to have Watson on the field and what this thing's going to look like with four under center.
3: Yeah. Well, well, David Bell catches it when it's thrown his way. Now he doesn't get a single yard after the catch. But that that's, that's right. To change too. Right. Uh, but as you look at it, really for for much of the game, like there was like five guys that had 15 or 20 yards received, like they've got nothing done. And, and obviously Cooper gets to 94 on the big play. Um, but it, you know they, it, it just wasn't a lot wasn't there. And I thought for a lot of the day that Tampa knew exactly where the Browns were going, and Tampa yeah. couldn't. Well, they, it's a it's a struggling Tampa offense, but the Browns defense made timely plays. They won them. They won on third down. Um, really, you know, Brady misses Godwin on a big one. And I think both teams threw through deep ones that they didn't like. If there wasn't a call, whatever. But, you know, they they made it hard and they said, we're going to give you the stuff underneath. And of course, you're going to get that. I mean, Godwin goes 12 catches, 110 yards. But they didn't get burnt. I mean, 28 yards, the long pass of the day, you know, uh, 35 yards, the long run of the day. And that was on, that was on the first drive of the game. Yep. Right, The starting running back for Tampa came out on the first drive of the game. He was sucking wind because the yards were so easy early. They finished with 96. So, again, this is, this is huge turnaround, lo- low bar stuff, but the Browns will take it because they needed this win. And, you know, there's playoff chances are slim, and not a lot is fixed. And I see some of you guys in the comment section saying, boy, I hope they don't screw around and keep Joe Woods. <laughs> and I don't think that's <laughs> going to happen. But we're also, we've been over this enough. You're kidding yourself if you think this is all scheme. They don't have NFL defensive tackles, right? They're starting Tony Fields at linebacker, okay? They moved Taki Taki in his fourth year to middle linebacker three games ago because of desperate times, right? And he's right? actually
1: so, played pretty well.
3: Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's been okay. You know, he he really has.
1: Deion um, Jones can't get on the field outside of pass rushing downs now. Like,
3: he's basically
1: just in on third downs. Like, he, yeah. I, don't, I don't ever see him. In the game. If he was the band aid that was supposed to solve this, well, they've torn that band aid off because it hasn't solved anything.
3: Yeah. So, you know, we'll we'll see. But winning is a great deodorant. And you go to December, you want hope. We always were going to have this. This was always going to be different than every other December that this organization has put you guys through because now here comes the $230 million quarterback who's finally allowed to play. Right. And we'll, we'll, we'll read a lot of stories this week, um, some of which Jason and I will agree with, some we won't. You know, we'll all gauge how rusty is he, how much can be fixed in one week, in two weeks, in six weeks. You know, is are the right people in places for this organization to take the next step. The Browns are not a contender right now, guys. With and that includes with Deshaun Watson coming back. They're not. They're not, they're not well coached enough and their defense is so thin, they're just not there. Right. But You make this trade because you say this is the most important position in all of sports. And we have that guy. We can raise the bar. And they have some other guys, Garrett and Chubb, who were heroes today. Amari Cooper, who they got for nothing and got ahead of the wide receiver market. He makes the plays. Najoku and Peoples-Jones have become NFL players, right? So you start seeing all these pieces. Anthony Schwartz can get involved two, three players at a time. Well, that's two, three more than he was making ever before, Right. So the defense with some confidence, Houston is all time bad. The Browns have a scrimmage next week. It's an important one. They go in, they go take care of business. Then we see where they stand. But getting this win was huge today from an emotional standpoint, from obviously, you know, the standing standpoint, and just for kind of validating the work and really keeping it from going off the rails, because I I don't have the drive chart. I'm going to, it'll take me a second to bring it up, but I mean, they're up 10-7, Jason, at the end of the first quarter, and then it's slop, 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 nowhere for a long, long time. And they in, in, you know, they had to fight till 4th and 10 to get that TD, but they got it and they earned it because they stick with it for a long, long time. There was absolutely nothing happening with that offense today.
1: It's baffling, the, the first drive versus the rest of the game. I don't have a good explanation for it. There were points in the game, like, you know, we're talking about the one drive where they were moving. It felt to me like they were moving the ball, They had a good drive going. DPJ gets the hold, questionable, but he gets the holding call and that's the end of the drive. They don't, it's like they didn't even try. And then Kate ends up, that's the drive where he missed the awful 39 yard field goal. But it's like they, they didn't even try to convert after the holding call. That was the end of the drive. And that's the part that I don't understand. It's like they they didn't even, I don't know if it's that they don't want to put Jacoby in a position to turn the ball over, but they didn't even throw it to the sticks at any point. Yeah. And, And then, and then in overtime, you know, it's third down, and it looked like he was playing for a tie because it's third and long, and they run a draw and have to punt. And, I mean, it works out. They win the game. So, obviously, right. you know, it it, it works. In the well, game when you're the on thing.
3: third and 20, you know, Jason, I'm looking at the sheet in front of me, the Bucks nine penalties. I mean, I thought the Browns really killed themselves with penalties, and they only end up with five for 42. But I can tell you three of them that were crucial. But the Bucks yeah. had not. And, and sometimes it's just being the team that doesn't hurt itself, you know. Um, and and that's what it was. Um, I scroll in the comments here from Cavineer, how do they address the DT position with so little draft capital? Is it going to be free agency or trades? Um, there's going to be a ton of pressure on Andrew Berry with pick 42 or whatever it is in this draft. Um, because you have a win now team. You may not really have a win now roster, but you have a win now team and a win now mentality, right? And, you know, the cap is going to go up 18 or 20 million, um, and it's going to go up over the next several years, um, progressively, you know, they're going to, they have 30 million in cap rollover. They can use, they're going to have, you know, some roster guts decisions they're going to have to make. So they're going to have money to spend, but it's not going to be like one of these free fall Browns off seasons where they've had 50 million to spend. So they're going to have to say, Hey, do we want to get in the business of, Oh, we're paying some 28 year old defensive tackle, you know, or can we get creative with the trade and do that? So, you know, I, I I hear people say we're going to need to trade one of our superstars to get uh, first round picks back. No, you can't do that because you're going against what you've said, which is you're ready to win now. You can't worry about first round picks. You already sold them. Right. You already sold them. So, yeah, they're going to have to get a little creative in doing that. But um, the front seven of the defense needs remade. And then obviously the big question will be John Johnson, 13 million. You know, do you bring him back and play for it or do you do the Austin Hooper and pay him to not play for you? You know, we'll see is Jack Conklin back on this team? Is Kareem Hunt back on this team? Probably not. You know, you don't have enough wide receivers either. We'll see, but that that's going far down. But, you know, they have not drafted well. We all know that. And last year they didn't have a first rounder. They turned the second into a into a third rounder. They got Martin Emerson, who's a keeper. Um, he's getting better all the time. You know, he's getting picked on right now. He's a rookie corner. That happens. You know, he's a the keeper there. But But this year with, I mean, these are glaring needs in the defensive front seven you're going to have to address right away in March. So we'll see, you know, I think it's going to be these guys back picking again. I've, I've been very upfront and saying, I don't know that they deserve to, if I'm the owner and I say, what have you done for me? You know, well, you went and got the quarterback, right? Uh, I'm not sure (laughs) what, what else they've done. I, I, again, I don't think this team is a contender, but credit to this team today for finding a way um, to win when the bucks left the door open and for doing it in the way they did for Jacoby you know for Najoku and, and specifically Cooper getting a redemption and then you know just just find this, this defense um keeping them keeping the offense in it until they could kick in that door
0: customers are rushing to your store do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a <clears throat>
1: Scroll in the comments. Uh, Robert says Emerson was good today. I agree. Kenneth says Kareem Hunt is washed. No chance he's back. Uh, I don't know if he's washed, but I don't think he's the back that he was in Kansas City. And I agree he won't be back. Um, trying to see what. Hey, else just one he thing. Like, I see
3: this in the comments too. I see this in my, my tweets too. We actually have a bunch of draft picks two, three, four, four, five, five. Yes. They have Anthony Schwartz, Jordan Elliott, Jacob Phillips, right? Like Perry Winfrey. Like there's no track record of drafting good players in the middle rounds. none. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I tend to agree that cream hunts not going to be, I mean, we're getting, we're getting ahead here. Look, um, we'll wrap this up. We'll go to the queue in in one second, but this was a feel good win. This was a win that showed, you know, that the Browns have not quit, which is important um, here and now. And in the bigger picture, this is a win that sets up an exciting few weeks, obviously with the big week, the strangest week in franchise history coming, but the big change is supposed to propel to greater things. And, you know, when night, when you have the ball in the fourth quarter and Chubb can run it, you're in the position you want to be in. When the other team has the ball in third and 12 in the fourth quarter and Miles is flying off the edge, you're in the position you want to be in. So we've seen the Browns formula. We've seen the Browns. We've seen their strengths. We've seen their warts. Those strengths are supposed to start to flip and get turboed up with the new quarterback coming, you know, even if it's not right away. So we'll see. Um, we'll see a team that could really I think make a lot of points with their fan base and probably save the jobs of many by having a strong December and at least making a push at it even though realistically it's probably not attainable but at this very moment it is attainable so we will see um, how that goes Alex you're in the queue Um, Alex I think you've been on with us before either way go ahead
2: Uh, thanks again for doing this I'm at the zoo lights taking a break so (laughs) I appreciate it. Uh, I I guess there's a straw man and maybe it's in my head or going around about Deshaun Watson being under center, like changes how defense will have to play the Browns with Jacoby Brissett playing so well. Like, do we have a sense of how true that is not saying that they're the same, but I mean, like the wide wide receivers are the same. There's doesn't seem like to be a lot of separation outside of, Mari Cooper. And, you know, there's usually only two wide outs at any given time. I, I don't know. There's just, I'm wondering if you guys have a sense of what, what we're going to see that's going to feel any different other than somebody with definitely a better arm who, you know, I don't know, is probably better on timing and stuff, but um, just kind of like, we've been waiting for this moment. I just really don't know what to
1: expect other than like, hopefully a win. So.
2: It, yeah. Really I mean, not, yeah
3: really, uh,
1: Matt, go ahead.
3: No, you go ahead. You go ahead.
1: Well, I was just – it's a massive difference between Deshaun Watson and Jacoby Brissett. And, and Brissett's played well. And, you know, like I said, I'm going to write an appreciation piece for him tonight, and he's played great. But let's be clear. Like, he's not Deshaun Watson. And, I mean, today, 23 to 37, 210 yards. Like, they can't throw the ball down the field. they, they He had – you know, Cooper had the drop, and he hit Amari down the sideline. But this – you're not asking him to make big plays down the field. You can ask that of Deshaun. You can't ask Jacoby, who is more nimble and mobile than I thought that he is, but you're not running RPOs with, with Jacoby Brissett. You can do that with Deshaun. It's a completely different playbook with Deshaun Watson. Now you may not see all of it in six games, but it's a completely different style of offense. It's a completely different look with Deshaun over Jacoby. And for, and you know, like, We also need to keep in mind expectations. And and the bar was very, very low for Jacoby. And that's why everyone's looking at it and going, ah, he's playing pretty well. But if Watson winds up putting up Jacoby-type numbers, it's going to be a disappointment. If Watson plays like Jacoby, that's not good enough for what you're expecting and for what you're investing in the money that you've given him. You know, you got horrible, like I mentioned earlier, picks against the Jets, the Falcons, and the Chargers. Those cost you games. Like, that's why you're paying... Deshaun Watson is to not throw those interceptions at the end of games to drive you down the field, to put you in position to win those games.
3: Yeah. Um, Alex, it is going to look different. You know, we, we, we saw, we saw basically six open spring practices with Deshaun Watson and maybe 12 to 15 um, summer practices where he was featured. I mean, you're going to see some more college style offensive looks than you've seen here. You're going to see, um, you know, probably less of the three tight end and, and more of the one tight end and one back and RPO stuff and really let him create. You're going to see that now. Are you going to see that next week, two weeks from now to an extent? I don't know to what extent, right? Um, it right, right. was a, an offense nobody that, knows. Yeah, that, that will and needs to run through Nick Chubb. This is an offense that for the rest of the season outside of next week could encounter bad weather and in, in, in circumstances like that. So, you know, eventually everything will be different. We don't know. Um I'm going to get to writing here in about two minutes, but I did scroll the qu- comments here because I don't know what's going on with Cade York Um, and that, like that kick was so bad. I was looking in the goalposts, you know, people were raising their hands. I thought it was good. I thought it got blocked and was good, but they were raising their hands in disbelief. So um this special teams coach is not going to be here next year. I don't know and I did not expect Cade York to come out this season and be 28 of 29 and and have five 70 yard field goals, but he never missed in the summer and it sounded beautiful coming off his foot. And, you know, he, he had three misses last year in college, three misses the year before that, like he's been good. He was all on the uptick and all of a sudden he's hit this wall. So I don't know. Um, We will try to get that answered between now and the rest of the season. And really it's on the Browns to put him in to coach him up for one, and put him in situations to really excel and improve the rest of the season, but really be in some of those big moments. Um, it's a huge concern because that's another big investment that you made by saying we found this kicker, and it was part of their whole off season of saying we're close, we're here. And so they're four and seven, they're alive, and Watson's finally here, and we will see um, you know how how it all goes. So just 10, 10 and seven get the Browns in the playoffs. It might. Um, 10 and seven right now is crazy talk. So we're not going to go there, but four and seven was well-earned. Um, they should be happy about four and seven. And like I said, if they can win in Cincinnati in two weeks, then we'll lay out all the scenarios and we'll talk about it. But right now, if you're saying 10 and seven's happening, then just sign off of here, drink the rest of your beer, enjoy your night. You've earned it. (laughs) Uh, if you were out in this what shit weather today, you really have earned it. If you're home celebrating, you should, because you know, a lot goes into these games, right? And and they, they fought through some tough things, a lot going against them today, and won a game for the first time since Halloween, and it's Thanksgiving. So uh, enjoy it. We thank you guys for listening. This has been the Civilized Barking post-game podcast live room. Uh, we're going to have a lot this week, audio, uh, written, all sorts. You guys know what week it is. So we thank you for listening. We'll talk
0: to you soon.